0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome, sorry, good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask us the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now tonight we're going to wrap up what's occurred in 2019 with the stock market and get into what we think will happen in 2020. What sectors to look at and what we think will be hot and what we think will not be that hot. Um, As always, we'll be looking at what's happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in, give our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Jingle Bells Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators.
1: Hi Dale, why do I let you get away with that? (laughs) It's
0: because I've got the control.
1: (laughs) Look, it's the festive season, isn't it? And it's time to be jolly. So I guess I have to laugh about
0: it. Well, you brought Santa in over there, so. (laughs) Well, look,
1: I did. um, Am I allowed to play that for you?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Who would think this is a
1: stock market show? Correct. (laughs) The new people probably think we're crazy.
0: (laughs) They probably do think we're crazy. Now you can turn it (laughs) off. Okay.
1: Have you you, had enough of
0: that at the supermarket (laughs) and at the shopping (laughs) (laughs) centre?
1: Um, yeah, I've also got something else for you tonight before we move on. Can oh I God. do this? Uh, <laughs>
0: You've got me a hat. Thanks, guys.
1: I didn't bring the boxing gloves in, but you'll have to put it on.
0: I've got to put a hat on. Your so head
1: might have grown a little bit.
0: So does that mean I'm Santa <laughs> or you're Santa? Which, who's got the uh, Santa? We've
1: been told we've got to wear these tonight.
0: Oh, God, mine doesn't even fit on. I've got okay. a big head. My wife <laughs> was right. I, have to, I do have a big head.
1: All right then, there we go. So how's that? We just put on a bit of a show for you tonight. looks perfect. Can we get onto the stock market? (laughs) Yep. If you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box, so put your questions there. Also a big hi to anyone new to the show. It's great to have you with us tonight. And moving on, it's the third Tuesday in the month, and you know what that means. We take a look at world markets, and this goes hand in hand with our topic for tonight. So let's get into the discussion on the world markets now. All right, here we go. Um, On the screen there, you can see we've got the, on the left hand side, we've got the Hengseng Seng there, up about uh, what, 4.4% for the month, which Mm -hmm. is pretty good um, for the Asian market. Shanghai Composites up about the same, the Nikkei about 2.8, so that's good for the Japanese market. Uh, the FTSE's is actually up 2.35. Now we know that that's really been languishing because of the Brexit I'm issue sure. for a while. Oh, we're going to have
0: a look at the FTSE chart. We're going to have a look at charts yeah, of the great. FTSE and the Dow and okay. the DAX in a minute. That I'd like. I'm going to. We're going to get excited about the FTSE, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Look, we've been waiting for that to take off for a while. So look, the Nasdaq, the U.S. markets are looking quite interesting, but they're sort of the middle of the road at the moment, which is interesting. Around 1.7 to 2%. Uh, 1.6 for the S&P 500. Then we go down to the um, the Dow Jones. We've got 0.66, which is interesting. So the top, the leaders of the market, or the biggest heavyweights on the market, the Industrial Average, um, 0.66. We've also got the Australian market. Now we're actually we've been lagging a little bit. Um, you can see right there it's a bit flat for the month. So we'll get into that shortly. So. Uh, Dar, did you want me to move straight through to Can the? Don't have a look
0: at the year because obviously yeah. we want to look at what's been happening with the year because in, yeah, we in, did that.
1: So, we did that last week, but I mean it's interesting because markets have moved on, haven't they, this week?
0: Yeah, well, obviously we want to show people what's happened this year in terms of world markets because mm-hmm. often we find people. You get get this all the time, don't we? We get people saying. Oh, the Dow's, I've got to go and invest in the Dow. And we go, but the Dow's already made its run. Yeah. So, mum and dad, or average investor, or beginner investors, tend to buy at the top and sell at the bottom. Mm. And the professionals, as we know, buy at the bottom and sell at the top. And so, and a lot of investors will get into a market long after it's run. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is have a look at where that's been running and what's going to happen. So is the NASDAQ going to be the best-performing index in the US next year? Mm. Because it has been this year. The S&P's done better than the Dow. But the FTSE's been held back. It's only been like, I think in the last two years, the FTSE's only gone up about 3%. Look,
1: Our market's been held back. Asian Mm. markets have been held back. So I think we're going to see some moves on Mm. on our market and the, the Asian markets as well. Yeah, and
0: people buying. A lot of people have managed funds in different areas like overseas uh, investments Mm. Um, people uh, do have ETFs in overseas markets. So it's it's really good for them to know what these markets have been doing because if they're in a market like, let's say, the NASDAQ and got exposure on an ETF, they would have done okay this year. But yes. are they going to do really well next year? Or if they're looking for what the opportunities, where is that opportunity? Mm. So let's have a look at the yearly returns on these and okay. have a look and see what's what's been hot and what's not been hot. Cause well, that's exactly
1: to your point, isn't it? Yeah. So the NASDAQ's right at the top at the moment um, for the year. We're looking at New Zealand interestings right up there. Um, S&P 500 still at the top. The DAX, which is in Germany, that's 27%. Uh, Australia is sort of the middle of the road, but still a good return there, around 22%. And then Shanghai Composite, all the, the Asian markets are sort of in the bottom half, which is interesting. And then we've got the FTSE right down low, which is going to play catch up soon and the Hang Seng um, 6.43%. So there's, there's a real, it's, it's almost like it's switched. The, the month um, that we've just seen, the month as it was, almost, um, we're up to the 17th of the month. So there's still time, I guess, for the end of the month. And we, we're seeing some markets moving now. But looking at the yearly returns, there's a big um, spread. There's a big difference. Yeah,
0: it's a huge spread. And that's where I say a lot of people think um, every market follows the Dow. Mm. And and we see we're just bombarded with that much news from the U.S. markets. You know, it's like our market goes up or our market goes down. It's because the Dow did something. But often, when you look at it, our market will do something, and the next day, the Dow will follow our market. Mm. I don't know how many times that's happened. In the last month, I think our markets moved up, then the next day, the Dow moved up because they're they're like 10 hours, 12, 14, 15 hours behind us. But it's interesting how that actually works. But yeah. you know, how does every market follow the Dow if the straight Times Index is you know only up four? The Hang mm. Sen's only up 6%. The FTSE's only up 11.6% this year. So you're looking at these markets and our market, we've done what? Our market's done 21% or the uh, XJO mm. has done 21%. So we're sort of midpoint there. Yeah, so
1: you're talking about if people have got investments overseas or mm. they might have money in their super that's invested overseas as well. Correct. You so know, it's something because, to think
0: about, isn't it? Well, it is because you do have the funds um, – there's multiple different funds, as you know. There's thousands of different mm. funds. There's lots of different ETFs. Financial planners have an obligation to diversify your investment. It's under their fiduciary. I can't even say fiduciary. the fiduciary duties mm. yes. um, to be able to do that and have that diversification. So there might be people watching that do have managed funds, whether it's just directly in their own name or whether in a super fund, and whether they are picked overseas components within their super fund Mm -hmm. so by by understanding where the money is flowing because when one market gets too hot the big end of town move money to other markets that aren't doing as well that they see value in like you know like we're talking about china the shanghai composites Mm up Mm 19.6 but it's really been held back a little bit too Yes. because of this US-China trade deal. So what's going to happen with that? Mm-hmm. So have we finished talking about this list?
1: Yeah, I think we've done that. It's All right, so fine. let's go and have
0: a look at the stocks, at the actual charts at the themselves. Dow? So let's look at the Dow itself. And it's really coming out of this interesting pattern, isn't it? Mm. I mean, with the Dow, I don't, I don't think I've seen this sort of pattern. <laughs> it's If you go back for years, let me hit that so we can get it and see it. Where, where have we seen another pattern like that going back all the way through here? And, and this we're right now back at 1984.
1: Probably and in the 90s, really.
0: Yeah, and it's really, you can see a bit here in these 90s where it's gone down and sideways and down. But it's really interesting how it's sort of like this wedgie shape that's sort of rising. But yeah. I think that's because of obviously what's been going on with the US-China um, trade talks. Obviously, we had last Friday Trump come out, He's missed a tweet. Um, you know, he's tweeted that phase one deals have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they've agreed to certain things. They've, uh, China's agreed to buy certain manufactured goods, um, pharma sharing and other stuff off the US. They've also agreed not to increase tariffs that were uh, penalti- penalties that were due on Sunday. So that's all stopped. And when I was chatting with Jim Beach on my recording for today, on my interview for today, he goes, he said, what value would you put on, what weighting would you put on, you know, like out of 10? And I just said, the first... The first phase is the most critical because when you're in a negotiation, the first thing you've got to do is find common ground. If you can't find common ground, how do you negotiate? Mm. So now they've found that common ground where the US and China have agreed to something. Mm. And that's all put down. And so to me, the, the rest of these negotiations will go a lot faster because you've had two world leaders. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm. Well, you've had two world leaders. So you leaders. think it's not
1: going to dominate news as much now?
0: No, God no, no mm. way. I think it's going to start rolling along a lot quicker mm. now, and things will happen because you've had both leaders needed to stick their chest out and postulate a hell of a lot uh, because their best interest is for their country. Mm-hmm. Now, love or like Trump, you know, or love or hate Trump, I don't care what you do, whether you like him or you hate him. I think is interesting, but he really does does need to get this deal done otherwise. They're not going to get elected next year Mm. they're they're moving into an election year they need to get a deal done they need to get it done quick trump's been has been impeached so he might not even be president in three months time Mm. but the party needs to get this done otherwise they'll go into election in a really bad state especially if trump's not their leader Mm. and they're going to go in with a backup president Mm -hmm. into an election and if they don't have the the china trade deal done they'll be gone yeah And, and to me that's why i think it's critical that they start moving but as i was saying to jim yesterday the us is in a much better negotiating position right now you know we're talking about unemployment is at levels that's not seen since the 60s so mm-hmm. it's really unemployment un- un- unemployment's there uh, we've got wages growth of 3%. We've got manufacturing up. We've got retail up. So mm. whilst they're not spectacularly up, they're better. And once the deal's done with China, everything's going to flow.
1: Which is interesting because all of that was already there before. And yet mm. when you look at the chart, it's been going sideways for so long. Mm. So that's what's that's what people, you know, question. So January 2018, mm. the Dow just made a new high recently. So a month yeah. ago, really had done nothing all of that time sideways. Mm. And yet a lot of that data was already showing signs of improvement. And and I really think that, that, that it's really important right now because we've seen Brexit um, come to the, you know, with mm. um, Boris Johnson now um, being elected. With the
0: Conservatives back in the state pre So,
1: you know, I mean, he's actually, um, you know, mm. going to push things forward now. So I don't think it's a coincidence that that's happening at the same time as what's oh, happening look, in the I US at all.
0: Mm. Mm. I think we're going to end a lot of that. Uh, CRAP. Yeah. This year, and we're going to start 2020. Which is good with for a, stability of the markets. Yeah. You, and next I think year? the boat anchor's been cut. We've chopped the boat anchor off, and I think it'll go. Like with, when you're looking mm. at the Dow, if we're going back onto the Dow, if you're looking at here, I think 28,000 points will be happening by easily. By the end of January, yeah. but I'm thinking in the in the realms of that 33,000 points somewhere in the next year. So mm. I don't. Whilst it may not be as strong, I don't think it's going to be weak. Once if the deals keep going through with China, I think that's going to take that. It's going to like snap that. Yeah, the I think I into, think they're
1: going to be watching the Fed more closely now. Yes. So I think that's going to come to the forefront. And so you know, in the past, we, if we go right back to 2013 mm. through to 2015 that period there where the market went sideways and down, there was a lot of feds. the Fed's mm. um, announcements that were having an impact on the market then. Mm. And I, th- I still think that that's had an impact here, even though we've seen this China-US um, trade deal, I still think that the Fed have had an impact on the market as well.
0: Oh, they do. Yeah. And they, I mean, obviously, they have got they can drop interest rates a little bit more. But uh, one other interesting question Jim asked me uh, yesterday and the, for the interview that we released today is what he said, well, markets must have lows, in a regular pattern, this is what you talk about. And he goes, okay, yes. And he goes, well, when's the next big one? Mm. And I said, well, the next big one's not due to sort of 2022 to 2024, mm-hmm. roughly. And I said, that'll be somewhere between 15 and 25%. Yep. Between now and then, I think we're going to go a bit more bullish on the Dow. So it's still looking mm. good. but. Because we're getting into the end of that move, it'll probably slow down a little bit and other markets will play catch up. So let's Mm. go and look at some of the others. We'll go and look at the DAX and the FTSE because the FTSE is interesting to look at.
1: Yeah, look, um, the DAX is interesting because it looked really toppy around here. Mm. And the expectation that we had at the time was that, okay, we could see it um, take a bit more of a, we could see a bit more Mm. of a pullback. We're not seeing that now. It's actually driving faster and higher. So this is a really strong market now. Um, Probably not one that the, the, the listeners are really that, interested in though unless they actually um, invest in that area but the is one that is interesting so the uk market you can see here what we were talking about before so since um, back here in 2017 we've seen nothing but a sideways market on the on the footsie and, and down a lot, largely and now we're just starting to see a bit of a resurgence in this market and this market must get through that high there that high in july 2019 in the next few months and if it does that, then we could see it continue on. Well, I think on. it will. Yeah, I mean, it's looking good. If, if all that, the noise around mm.
0: Brexit hasn't seen this thing pull back, yep. because. Because the
1: market just wants a resolution yeah. at the end of the day. It, I, yeah. don't, I think, in the end, does the market really care which way they go? Probably no. not at this point now because it's all about perception. Well, isn't
0: uncertainty it? leads to volatility. Mm. Uh, and we know that when pe- when the when the masses are uncertain, there's a lot of volatility. But the thing is, is there's, the FTSE hasn't gone down. Mm. It's held up That's around exactly those levels right. for the last few years. Mm. And yet, if you said to anybody, will, will Brexit happen? Most people would say yes. Mm. It's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, um, Because there's so many people in the UK wanted it to happen. It was just the parliament just... Not really playing. Yeah, there the were game. factions
1: in the government. There were factions, there? and they mm. were
0: infighting, and that's what I was sort of saying to Jim. I said, too often now we have um, politicians that are very short-sighted, mm. meaning that all their all their vision or field of vision seems to be the next election, yes. and so they make decisions to get them into. Well, the, the... other
1: side becomes irrelevant if they lose, mm. and that's the problem. So yeah. for them, so of course they're going to fight
0: it. Mm. Mm. So right now, I think the footsie is going to be the place for next year. I think mm. you know once because Brexit will happen. Uh, It looks like it's going to happen by the 31st of January that the UK will be out of the EU. First country ever to exit the EU, and that's been Mm. in in place since 1945 after the Second World War they started. Mm. 28 countries in it. last one I think was in, I think, Portugal or something like that. Um, But now the UK is going to be out by January, so I think that's going to take the the boat anchor off that one too. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see some good value in the FTSE. So let's move on.
1: Okay, so if we continue on here, we've got... The Hang Seng? Okay, so Asian markets are looking rather sideways as well. Uh, This was really threatening to the downside back in August, but we've now seen a bit of a push up. It's actually attempting to move higher again. So as Dan was saying before, we may see this push higher now. Really need to see the move through that November high to be confident that it's going to continue. But I'd actually like to see it through the April 2015 high. I mean, just to think... You know, that if you had money in the Asian markets right now, you wouldn't be doing too well because it literally has d- done nothing over the past few years. I mean, this is why t- being in the market at certain times is so important and not just riding out markets. Mm. Look what happened during the GFC to this market. It's an indication that this is an extremely volatile Um, market to be in for anyone and that's where a lot of problems happen people lost a lot of money and funds actually closed their doors and stopped people withdrawing money when this happened that AMP was one of them with their Asia fund and so there's 66% down in the the GFC for this market so it's bigger than ours.
0: Mm. And mm. Asian markets are much more volatile than European... Which is
1: great for when they go up because you can make some good mm. money out of it, but you mm. can't just put your money into these types of markets without actually really knowing the direction. Well, they're not
0: really a buy and hold, are they? Definitely they're, not. They're really that. And, and I think from a terms of Australia, when we're looking at what's going to help Australia move, that's mm. going to be the Asian markets mm. because you've got China's got to move. The Heng Sen will probably move. Yeah. Singapore's been held right back. So if that starts to move... It'll all take that Australia with it. Uh, well, in like in your
1: book, you've you mm. know you've talked about that chart where mm. America takes the lead for about five years. That mm. research that that organisation had done, and then Australia takes the, the Australian market takes the lead over the American market. Mm. So that's the period that we're entering into. I think.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was suggesting mm. a little bit earlier, where I said that the U.S. market's going to slow down and our market will speed up because yeah. we've only just broken a new all-time high. They've been in new all-time highs for a plot of two years. years. Something mm. like that. So now we're going to play. We're going to overshoot things a bit. So therefore, we're going to have a really good run up into two thousand and twenty-two. To me, it's is that all we really want good. to talk
1: about now with the with the world markets?
0: Yeah, I believe, Well, that's pretty much all we need to talk about in terms of world mm. markets. So if you are on the world markets, I'd be looking at Asia at the moment, more so for opportunities rather than the US and Australia and the Footsie and Australia. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> too. Absolutely. So they're the markets that I'd be looking at. If you do have ETFs in those different areas, don't necessarily you know, like. Let's say you've got an ETF on the nasdaq don't necessarily just get out of it obviously because it still probably will still go up but what we're saying is it probably won't go up as strong as what it did this year because it had a very strong year this year and generally well has a really strong year one year doesn't have it the next year so look at some of those underperforming markets and then get your money maybe put some money into it or move out of one and move into the other so that's what they're rebalancing in their portfolio but uh, it's looking pretty good
1: now, should we get into the
0: chat? Yeah, we'll get into the chat. We've got a, a few different people. So um, here's some stocks for you. We've got one from Vishwana Vishwanth. Sorry, I can't say his name. It's called AD8. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring that up. Um, while you bring that up, we've got a couple of other questions um, from different people. Well, let me scroll back down. Um, Vishwantha says, hello, Dale and Janine. Love the show on Tuesday. Thanks, matey. Can you please have a look at AD8 for me? I have some shares in it and planning okay. to invest more. Merry Christmas, catch you next year. So let's have a look okay. at that. Okay,
1: thank you for the Christmas wishes. And looking at this, um, AD8, if I've got the stock right, okay, that's very... Oh, look at, the, look at this bar on the chart. I've just got to check that um, that's actually correct because it's an extremely big move down. I, I don't know if you're aware of what, um, what caused that, but you can see if we go back to the start of the data where that occurred, a big gap down... On the chart and those sort of things don't generally occur unless there's been a, um, an adjustment somewhere and the data hasn't been adjusted so I've just checked that and it looks like it's all fine now so let's go back onto the monthly chart and we can see that's what the chart actually really looks like so what happens is when companies have corporate actions there might be a, um, a company might be spun off or it might be split Um, And then when that occurs, then you can often see a big gap in the share price and Mm. and the the amount of time that that gap's there for can be determined by the company and how they report it. I can remember seeing this occur many years ago and then seeing this huge gap on the chart and thinking, Mm. oh, my goodness, you know, the market's going to take advantage of this and they're going to short this thing Um, while other people are just waiting for the adjustment, which is ridiculous. But um, you can see there after adjusting the data that's all come in. Now, this is really quite it's been quite a bullish stock. I don't know. um, When did he say he got in? Just recently, was it?
0: Um, um, no, he just said he's got, he's in it and he's got some parcels and he's looking at buying more.
1: Okay, now it looked really fantastic a couple of weeks ago, but this bar down, um, 13 December, weekend ending 13 December, which was last week, a big sell-off. So I wouldn't be too keen, if, this, if I was looking at this stock and I held it and I was looking to increase my position or exposure, then I wouldn't be doing it right now, not until it shows me that it's actually going to go up. Um, because this stock is quite illiquid. You can see at the start of it there how illiquid this, this particular mm. stock is. So this is the weekly chart I've got here. Um, it has actually improved. And if we brought up volume, it would probably show that there was much higher volume now because you can see it actually on the shape of the bars. But mm. uh, my personal p- point of view for myself, if I was if I had owned it, no, I wouldn't be adding putting good money into this right now.
0: Oh, I wouldn't either. But it brings up an interesting question because mm. often you get people saying – we say, why you want to buy more of that? And they go, because it's going down or it's been down, it's cheap. It's below the price it's I paid for it. below the price I paid mm. for it. So they're buying Dollar on, cost averaging? Yeah. And they're buying on weakness. Mm. Whereas when we're teaching a trader, we teach them to buy on strength. Mm-hmm. And it's completely the opposite way. Most people buy stocks that are weak, that are falling, Yeah. rather than buying stocks that are strong and just having a slight retracement. And this is that distinction that most... Um, newbies to the market don't understand So where does
1: that all come from? Like I know it's human psychology but mm. it's the industry as well telling them to do things like that isn't it?
0: Well it is it's it's part of it, we're bombarded every day with ads saying so mm. 50% off, 50% off 50% off, you, oh, you, go,
1: okay. you know yep. you go to
0: shops all mm. the time and you can't walk to any shop, supermarket or any shop without seeing signs all over the place saying this is cheaper, this is a discount price, this is 10 or 50%. Mm. So people are getting used to looking for bargains, whereas how do you find a bargain in the stock market? It's completely different. I, you know, At the supermarket I can have two tins of baked beans and I can go, okay, that one's cheaper than that one, that's the same product, but you can't do that with stocks.
1: Look, I hope you buy the Australian-made one. I always do. Mm, I buy good. my
0: Australian-made sauce and my baked beans and it's my horrific. corn and everything else. But again, it's not about doing that. It's about buying... Don't ever add to a position on a weakness. Always buy on strength and Mm -hmm. signs of strength. If you don't know how to do that, then you probably need to learn how to do that. But let's have a look at the next one. The next question is from Adrian. He's asking about CTG. Now, I'll just read Adrian's comment out if I can find it. Um, Where are you, Adrian? I can't even find you now, matey. Um, He wants CTG. Yep, can't even find his question. So how's that? Computer Task (laughs) Group, I think it's called.
1: Now, looking at this, you can see the huge volatility. I'm just going to give you a bit of a, an idea as to how much volatility is in this share. Now, 60% drop we've seen. Um, that was from the high here in 2018. So I don't know why it's actually fallen that heavily, but not a good look for the share chart. I'm just going to increase that so we can actually see what's happening there. So if you look at that, you can see this month it's actually down. It's actually opened up high for the month and then closed low. So there's a bit of indecision going on there. Now, looking more closely at the weekly chart, so that we've got a bit more of a bird's eye view, we can see there that it looks like the chart's gapped down. I'm just going to just adjust the history there, just in case. Um, make sure that's up to date. But you can see this sort of basing pattern. Now, this often happens at the bottom of large formations on, on share stock charts. So where a stock's actually been sold off heavily and, and we see this basing pattern, often it's the, the actual money in the know accumulating the stock. Now I'm not saying this is always the case because there are cases where this sort of pattern can form and it's called what we know as a distribution and then after that the share price can fall away. But clearly once we see a move out of that, and this is why it's always about waiting for confirmation, not about just speculating and guessing where the stock is, you need to know... That it's actually moving in the right direction so here it actually started to trade up really strongly and that gave an indication that it should rise now even though there's a temporary pullback it may not be you know it may not continue to fall but you would want to wait and see what it does from here and see confirmation of the next move up oh, it looks if it like does. it's
0: changing trend doesn't
1: it? it looks like it's actually getting a bit you know someone's actually sold it off for whatever reason but these sorts of small stocks can get sold off really quickly mm. and then reverse the other way so and that's why they're much trickier to trade and you can do your dough. You can think, oh, I've made a fantastic amount of money and all of a sudden you you lose 50% of your gains on it. Mm. And we uh, say that all the time mm. and
0: it's it's not unusual for us to get emails from somebody. You know via youtube or whatever it is and they say they bought this stock and they've made money and then Mm. then two days later they don't have money It's has gone and it's like and that's the that's that's learning
1: the hard way isn't
0: it well it is but that's also that's the attraction of these stocks but Mm. it's also the the opposite for these stocks it's the scary part people think they look at stocks that move fast but then they only people are naturally optimistic Mm -hmm. so when they buy a stock they don't think it's going to go down even though intellectually they know it could but they buy it thinking it's going to go up, it's going to make fifty percent for me because it's done that before over the last mm. three months. But then when it goes up, they go excited. But then mm. when it goes down, they go, oh my god, it's going to. I'll sell it when it gets back up to what I, what it was, mm-hmm. because then they think they've lost money, right. they've lost where it where you know because they were in profit, and then when it goes back up, they think when it gets back up to where I was at that profit, then I'll sell it. But then they mm. still don't do that. Yep. Right. So it's it's quite an interesting exercise when you're teaching people when you're helping people out all the different little mistakes that people make um, and all done from lack of knowledge and lack of rules around things so um, that's why we say to people all the time don't trade more illiquid stocks that lower end of the market is you might hit it right once in the moon, blue moon but overall you're going to struggle with your mm. portfolio returns let's get into the next one we've got all one right. from a really and let me she's asking about right. nvl okay and a is saying hi dale and janine student here oh welcome Really? She's one of our diploma students. Um, curious to know why NVL opened at $3.60 on Monday and closed prior Friday at $2.36. There was not an announcement offering to buy shareholders out at $3.70 per share.
1: Okay. So there you go. So we've had a bit of a takeover, have we, with this one then? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which
0: is very much like what we talked about last week.
1: Yeah, interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see. I love looking at these stocks before the takeover announcement. Now, look how there's no commitment there whatsoever. In fact, the stock was actually sold off in the lead up. And I'm always a bit suspect (laughs) of these sort of things. Um, I mean, I'd be more suspect if it was going up bullish, really bullish into the announcement as well, because Mm. then, you know, that somebody's leaked the information. But, you know, sometimes I think, is that somebody playing with the
0: stock who's in the know? Mm. Well, you don't know, do you? you might be, they might be selling it off and buying it, you know, they, mm. you know. Because if you look at the history of it, how often did it do
1: that? It didn't. Mm. You know, we haven't seen that sort of thing. We we saw it here before it took off and then all of a sudden capitulated and fell away. But it's not common for the stock to do
0: that. No, but what do we do? Because I really, as did she say, she owns it? She's... Um she has, doesn't say she's owned it. So modest. if she
1: doesn't own it, then obviously you're not going to be buying mm-hmm. it um, because it's under takeover. As a general rule, that's what we follow. Mm. So that's one thing that we do. Mm. And if, if you own it, if, if we owned a stock and it was under takeover at the time, then as an example, we, we had one not long ago that we had in the portfolios and we just chose to sell it. And not hang around and wait for a little bit more because what you have Mm. to do is weigh up how much more are we likely to see from this. Mm. And looking at the size of the jump on this particular share, I'd I'd be, unless there's some other company in in the wings, um, I'd be, you know, saying that I'd be happy with that. And a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm. I mean,
0: Tom, I'd totally agree because that's what we did with Caltex because, you know, we we bought it a few weeks before it jumped. But, you know, jumping up to that price, that's a huge, huge move. And so uh, if, why it jumped to that point, earlier was simply because of the takeover bid was at $3.70. That's why it jumped to that point. Um, because they always wait to after market hours to do the, the announcement. And sometimes they do it on a Friday after the market closes. So the first thing on the Monday morning, it means... The big end of town I have all weekend to have a look at this and weigh out what's going on. Um, and the board of that company will also have the weekend or the company being taken over has the weekend to look at the offer um, and decide what we're going to do. The, the market opens up Monday morning knowing the offers there at 370. So bang, that's why it opens at that sort of levels because that's what those shares are worth because there's somebody offering to buy them at that level. Uh, and so if you are happen to be a shareholder, on the Thursday, prior to the announcement on the on the Friday night after close, then you've just done really, really well. Mm. Um, but if the board does accept the offer, then what what we generally do is we just get out, we sell on the market, and that's it, uh, and go and take our money, put it somewhere else. We've
1: also seen situations where mm. brokers have talked about this stock could be a potential takeover mm. when it actually isn't. And its
0: isn't. They're just trying
1: to create a bit of a stir in the market about it to drive the share price one way or the other. So you have to be really mindful of that and don't... You know, even on this chart, I mean, you, there's, there were plenty of reasons to buy it down here. Hmm. Uh, that You could have been in it, but, you know, more recently, no. Um, however, you wouldn't just go on rumour. It's a good question, mm. though, isn't
0: it? But that brings us to the next part of our show because we haven't talked about emails yet. We've got a few emails to go through. We thought we'd get into the chat a little bit earlier, so. but let's look at um, the emails. The first one we've got is from Lucia, um, who says, we need to be... Uh, sorry um, Lucia, <laughs> uh, yeah so Lu- lucia says hi uh, sorry i've, I've got <laughs> lucia says hi sorry i had to move up my thing i'm getting a bit slow today um he said hi Darla. I'd like your opinion on base resources uh should i sell it or keep it so obviously um he owns base resources uh, and he says many things lucia so let's bring up base uh, resources
1: Okay, so looking at um, BSE here on the chart, you can see the big picture. The stock's actually been in a consolidation phase, heading down. So it's more in a decline now than anything. And looking at um, the history of it, you it's can see liquid. most of its life it's spent in declines. Mm. So you know it's not. It hasn't been a hugely bullish stock, and it would have to move really strongly for my liking. Up above the sort of 27 cent mark or thereabouts, I'd, I wouldn't even trade it anyway. But it just doesn't have the history of um, of being positive enough to be to want to do it. And look at the liquidity of it. The, the bars, there's so many bars that are trading at the same range as the previous mm. bar, and that's what tells you how liquid it is without even looking at the volume.
0: Go to the daily chart because it'll probably look even worse. Yeah, so looking at that would be
1: really sh- gappy, won't it? Yeah, so look, look at that. that. So, you can. I'll just
0: expand that out so you can see. That's Did how you we want to explain it that. Mm. Well, it's just when you start seeing picket fences like these, it's <laughs> really what they are just picket fences. That just tells you a stock is highly illiquid. I mean, you'd only look at that, and you can see here that there's 14,000 shares traded at 24 cents. So, uh, I'm sure a lot of people watching this show tonight will have the money to buy the whole day's turnover, <laughs> you know. So, when you see a stock that small, um, and that illiquid, that means run for the hills. But yeah,
1: have a look at where it mm, sits in the, in, the big, mm. in the bigger picture so you know whether it's in the top 100, top 300 or what, what indices is this stock in because mm. if, if you're looking at a stock that's outside the top 200, you are taking a risk that the stock could be a little on the illiquid side mm. and this is where the, the real problems will arise for you when you're trying to buy stocks like that and then make a profit out of it and, and keep it.
0: Yeah, my guess is, he's, 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 and because we don't know when he bought it and what he paid for it, but my guess is he's probably bought it after it's made a bit of a run over yeah. the last weeks or months and all year, um, thinking it's going to do that. And now now he's probably sitting in a loss.
1: Well, it looked and, quite positive, didn't mm, it? Back it did here look, in mm. uh, March 2019, it was going quite mm. well. And then it's taken out this low. So as soon as a new low gets taken out, then you mm. don't know where it's going to go after that. And that's a real challenge. But. Yeah. You may be able to get a trend line down there um, and if it does break up higher above it, maybe look at the earliest, I'd probably say that October nineteen high, if it gets back above there, it's got a chance.
0: Yeah, mm. but I wouldn't own that stock at the moment anyway, but let's bring on to All the right. next email we've got. Okay, the
1: next email we have is from a lovely lady Um, told of, and her name is Rosie. Hi, Rosie. And she asks, hello, Dale and Janine, I've been watching your show for a little while now and you make so much sense. Well, thank you. And you make
0: sense, not me.
1: You simplify things so that really anyone can understand. Thank you for that. I really, I'm ready to jump on board with your courses now. So I think that was an email from a while ago, wasn't it? She's no, already, that was a couple
0: of days, a couple ago, of days ago. But she also okay. calls herself, I think, Marie too. So I'm, okay. Yeah. So, I, but anyway, but I she's... do
1: have a. <laughs> I do have a question too. I have a super um, managed fund, and I was a little disappointed in the recent past sale I agreed to, and now there is an opportunity to buy emerging markets. Wemg. Dot Asx with a ten percent weighting. Um, this is this. I do not understand this ten percent weighting, and would like clarification. If you could do that on the show, also, what do you think of these shares? As I was, it would be valuable to know your thoughts. Um, Rosie then sent us another email where she asked thank you I worked out the 10% waiting Well, good for you Um, could you add to my question only if you can if I were to purchase these shares would I wait for it to pull back and if it does as it seems like it is at a new all-time high and something like this I'm not sure how long that would last is it smart to buy at the peak and wait or watch for it for a little while thank you now Rosie, WEMG is a State Street Emerging Market Fund that has 20 million assets under management. And according to State Street website, the funds invest in approximately 1,000 companies across emerging markets in Europe, Asia, and America. And they include the BRICS, which are Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, as well as Korea, Taiwan, Thailand. There's a whole basket of in Mexico. there, so you don't even know what you've got, really. And that's the issue with some of these um, big ones. So-, so-
0: Mm. So mm-hmm. basically, Rosie, or Marie, um, Rosie, this is a an, um, it's a listed managed investment scheme. That's really what it is. It's a listed managed fund, or in other words, it's an exchange traded fund that we've talked about a few times here. Now, I did check the growth of the fund and this year, and that was on the, the State Street website, and they claim that it's made 16.59% total return for this year however i believe it's a little bit behind as uh, looking at the actual chart which we'll do in a second anyway the chart on the chart the capital gain so far for this calendar has been 19 percent and it also looks like it pays a yield or a dividend year once a year which is around june Um, And that looks like it's somewhere around about that sort of 2.4% or around about 2.5% yield that it gets.
1: Now, that's only a one-year return, so you can't really get a good indication as to what it's like, though, from that.
0: No, but you'd think with emerging companies, it's buying sort of that lower end of the market for higher growth. It'd have to be really volatile. And, well, look, when I looked at the one- and five-year returns and everything Mm. else, you Better off almost buying an index fund, right. um, because it has. I don't think from what I saw on the website. Now I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Mm. Spent five minutes looking at it, but um, what I saw, you probably would have done better in a you know index fund on the S and P 500 or the Dow mm. or the Aussie market. Yeah, so um, the, so
1: you this. need to look at the the returns, look at the data. Don't just sort of think, oh, that sounds mm. like a good idea to invest in that. Just understand where that's going and it's great that you're doing the course because if you even if you do decide to get into some of these areas which once you've done the course you may just decide to stick to stocks anyway and keep it simple but if you do decide to branch out into these other things, then at least you'll be able to look at the chart and understand what the direction is. But she, Rosie did ask about the 10%. She did say she worked it out. Well, the 10% rule is basically one of the risk management tools that we teach. So it's really about your money management and how you're going to structure your portfolio. So, with the Direct Equity Managed Account Service, as an example, what we do when clients come on board with us, we don't invest all the money from day one, but we actually allocate the capital into 10 positions so that Um, approximately 10% of your money would be divided amongst 10 different shares when eventually we buy them so that's really all it is and then the risk is calculated from that depending on what the stop loss is that you've set which keeps it quite low having those 10 positions but you can do the numbers yourself and work it out if you've got a 10% stop loss or a 15% stop loss and you've got 10 positions 12 positions whatever it is um, then you know you work out a risk that suits you really that's what it's about.
0: Cool. So let's go and have a quick look at the mm. chart of okay. this um, indexed ETF, or okay. not the ETF, on the emerging markets ETF. So that's yes. this one here.
1: Yeah. Look, look looking at the monthly, do you want to talk about this one or do you want me to just... No, you can talk about it. Okay. It looks quite bullish now, but you can see what Dale was talking about, this liquidity side of it um, early on here. Um, I don't know what size the fund... Did you say it was 20...
0: About 20 million, million. yeah, now, there's, there's different lots of on Which is not huge, is it?
1: If you look at the companies on, even on the ASX and you go back, one of the things you can do is do a bit of uh, research on the company and find out the size of a company before you buy it. So if you're talking about companies that are only about 20 million, they're at the really low end of the market. Compare those to big stocks like BHP, Coals, uh, Woolies, um, you know, some of the mm-hmm. miners and West Farmers, then you'll understand the true nature of the trading When you're looking at buying 2018, it took out the high in May 2019. And we will have talked on the show before, stocks, when they break to new highs, often they'll come back after breaking through that high, which is what it did here in August 2019. Now it's pushed on. So looking at that, I would think that it's going to run on for a bit and it's got the Mm. benefit of... You know, world markets, things are changing and the things are in flux at the moment. So that's, I think, probably mm. um, actually quite good in supporting this particular area.
0: Okay, so let's get on to some more questions in the chat, I think, so okay. from that point of view. I got a one, one from Oleg Zander. He says, Hey, everybody. Oh, there's some Christmas decorations. Yeah, Janine brought those in, so I'm glad somebody mentioned it, and I've got to wear this silly hat. Didn't you see the start of the show? We probably didn't. Oh, is that a comment of, from the early part know. of the it's show? I don't know. It's probably the it? early part of the show. He said, my question is, you say you are the most trusted and it's interesting where that title is from. So we do say we're the most trusted stock market educator in Australia. Where that comes from is we're the only one that has an accredited course by the federal government at diploma level. So we're an RTO, which is a government licence. We have an accredited course. Today, would you look at VRT? I'm holding the stock for more than two years, so let's have a good look at that.
1: All right, right on the screen there now you can see VRT, so that's uh, Virtius Health Limited. Coming off a bottom potentially there. Now, you wouldn't have known it a few months ago, looking at that big um, bar here you can see th- that was august 2019 mm-hmm. it looked like it was done basically you it know does it, look would, like it, was it done. would look like you wouldn't even bother looking at this for months and months but look looking at it now it may have actually turned around so this is where this type of stock you need to know it it's like a personality thing This is a really um, volatile type of share, one that could um, drive up for a few months and then all of a sudden come back down. Look what it did back here at the start when it first launched. That would give you an indication of what this stock was going to be like down the track. So looking at it in 2013, we saw a number of up and then a big decline, nearly wiping out all of the gains in just a few months. Similar sorts of things here off the low, November 2014, a few months up and look, you would have been in a big loss if you were buying and holding Looks it.
0: Looks a bit illiquid
1: to me too. It just uh, Look, let's have a look at the weekly chart and see. Mm. So we've got the weekly chart up, huge moves on the weekly chart at times. Uh, looking at it, you're right, look at that, the picket fence scenario Dale was talking about where the bars are all the same sort of range and then we're seeing this big move up now so this must have been due to some sort of an announcement perhaps that's come out and the stock started to move back up now it could be going up but it just looks quite ugly really overall um, so what what particularly did he want to know about it just whether we think it's, um, he look,
0: owns he's had it for a couple of years yeah well, um, but he doesn't tell us what he paid for it but i'm a- guessing it's 5 to 6 dollars he's paid for it yep. if he's had it for a couple of years
1: Okay. So thanks for being honest. That's really appreciated. You can see here there's a gap on the daily chart. So it's going to at least rise to that level. It may continue on mm. past this point now that it's done what it's done. But mm. you know, it's a sort of stock that you'd have to watch like a hawk. It's not like yeah. having a BHP so or Currently
0: I'd say he's in a loss bullies. situation. Yeah, And also it's probably a really good lesson for you, Jeff, why Johnny and I keep talking about stop losses. Because mm. uh, if you just followed a stop loss in my book, now I understand you probably hadn't read my book two years ago, that's fine. But by putting a stop loss on it, you would have exited by 15% below the buy price that you had. You would have been out of that stock pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, over that period of time. In the last 18 months, you would have been in other stocks going up uh, and not still in this stock. Because what happens when you're holding onto a stock that's falling away? It really affects this thing, be- you know, that six inches between your ears. And it and- takes
1: your focus off what mm-hmm. you're doing with the rest of your portfolio as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Dale's saying, it's it's affecting you the well, meat between old, the sandwich your brain
0: is that what you're saying yeah yeah i'm just to, to me while you're saying your that it reminds me of a, an, an, a saying from a guy called i think it was dr dennis waitley says if you think you can you can if you think you can't you mm. can't and when you're watching a share falling away losing your money you're always concentrating on us losing more money and so that's what's happening to your psychology you think oh mm. i've got this terrible stock that's going down i'm losing money I'm losing. Money, so therefore your your managing of a portfolio gets affected because you're more focusing on what you don't have rather than what you do want. Mm. Or where, where you're going, and so it's really good. You know, like I always say to people when they ask me about a stock that's falling, I said my mum used to rip band aids off really fast, oh. and she used to do that because it hurts less. It's a two second sting rather than a five minute. A oh, oh, little bit, little bit, mm. little bit. Always. That's why we say stop losses. Take it, get out of it, and then go into something else. So, but right now it's looking better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's possible it's going to go up right now you're in a loss situation but I'd still have a stop loss on it matey if it starts to fall away then I would exit um, but if it keeps moving up as Janine's saying it possibly could do um, then stay with it while it's moving up but if it does start to fall away again you need now, to be now clearly that's just it.
1: your opinion on how Correct. you would do it and if someone was trained that's how they would do it hmm. but for someone who doesn't have the knowledge in they, they don't you know he he's got a stop he might have a stop loss but mm. he, if he bought it right up here then the stop loss is not making any sense right now no
0: but for pet- protecting the capital because if it starts going down here it's then likely going to be going down right down to those sort of $3.90 levels and that isn't it
1: yeah i mean so, look we we've seen situations mm. where stocks fall away and then they start moving back up again illiquid stocks like mm. this so it is always a challenge for people mm. even experienced mm. people um, trading these types of shares where to get out because it's correct you know, and that's so, why
0: we tend not to go with these mm. sorts of shares because you, you're Entries and exits are going to be a lot more inconsistent. And it's like Janine and I, you know, we're looking at 70% win loss ratios. Mm. But on a lot of stocks, you're only going to get 30, 40, or 50, or 60%. And depending that on, means the rules. depending yeah. on the rules that you use. And mm. so that's where you get this hit and miss game. And a lot of people, a lot of traders are hit and miss constantly every day. Mm. You now we're getting people. I mean, last week you talked about um, an email of a special offer for people that are wanting to enroll in our diploma that yeah. we had to send out because there was some. IT, issues. With IT The yeah. guys have been absolutely flat out all week with people wanting to enroll mm. in the diploma because the special office is so amazing. And I think it was your hat, you know, that Santa hat that did hat. it, in no, the recording. The Santa hats, oh my Santa hat, is that what you're talking about? Um, but yeah, they've been going crazy for people wanting to enroll in the diploma and a lot of people are telling us their stories, of how mm. inconsistent they are with their trading. We fix that. Mm. Like if you're inconsistent with your trading, there is zero doubt in my mind, we'll fix it. Mm. We'll get you profitable, we'll get you consistently profitable, we'll get you making more money. And so, but you get people saying, oh, you know, the courses, it's a bit expensive. Well, so is ignorance, mm. you know, and people buying stocks and losing money away uh, from their falling by not getting out of it, costs them far more money. But, you know, And I think time, because time, time is actually the real,
1: that's the loss in the equation that people, yeah. people say, I don't have the time to do it, but it's actually the time that you've lost that you could have been making that money. Mm. What could that, what difference could that make towards mm. the end of your- you know your life, or you towards your retirement, or whenever that you could retire 10, 15 years earlier potentially. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So mm. uh, I think the special. If you haven't seen the email for special, give us a ring tomorrow. And we'll send it out because I think it finishes Friday. The end of this week. I think, I think. And you've got a special for for our managed accounts. It finishes you? tomorrow. So. Um,
1: but if they, if if I've been have inundated with requests. I know so you have. Thanks for keeping me busy, everybody. And we're working on it. If you've put your application in and we haven't actually um, come back to you yet as in it hasn't been finalised we're working flat out to get that done look as long as you get your applications in before the close of business tomorrow then we'll definitely honour the waiving of that um, contribution fee so we've actually wiped the contribution fee out um, which is quite significant for for people it's a Mm -hmm. percentage-based fee but depends on obviously how much you have to invest but you know get in there if you're wanting to get your funds um working hard for you and we'll do that for you next year
0: so ring up and get annoyed janine for a day <laughs> that'd be good um but we've got another question now from an email and this one is from sean who asks hi Dale and janine i've had woodside on my watch list for a while and it's trending higher on the monthly and weekly charts making higher lows on the monthly okay. haven't purchased any yet uh, after watching last week's show it reaffirmed my thoughts on purchasing shares in unlove sec that's fantastic matey um uh, would it be wise to wait for a pullback in price before entry as it's run hard of late um, where do you see the resistance levels love your show and i listen religiously every week thanks sean but isn't it interesting everybody keeps saying to us so i wait for it to pull back i mean we had um rosie say the same thing and i constantly get people say should i wait for it to pull back before i buy and the main thing is that you've actually
1: got some risk management in place oh. even if you do make the decision to get into a share because, you know, it's about being into a share for the medium to long term, not necessarily being in the trade for the medium to long term, but being in the share. So that share becomes your worker. So mm-hmm. if, you, if for example, the next trade happens to be the losing trade, because probability says that you are going to have some losing trades in shares. It's just the nature of trading. And so therefore the next trade or the next trade could be the real big winner. I can remember years ago when I was working with, a, with somebody that um, they – took a trade on a stock. So they would mm-hmm. just learnt a strategy that we teach in our course and they yeah. took a trade on a stock. Now the first trade that they took ended up being a losing trade. Okay, And so that really affected the person's psychology. And all the while I was questioning him because I can't give a person personal financial advice, but I can actually ask you questions and really make you think. Now, some of the students out there who might be watching thinking, yeah, she's a bit hard on me at times, so, which I can be. I
0: call her the exterminator. No, I'm
1: not, <laughs> really, I'm not. And then, so in in reality, what this person did is he was in denial about really being comfortable with the risk he was taking. And I so I questioned him, are you sure that you're comfortable with the risk that you're taking? So he took a second trade when the next um, entry rule triggered mm-hmm. and it happened to be a losing trade. So what do you think that did to his psychology, having the two losing trades in a row? But the loss was only significant because he didn't actually think about, am I really comfortable with the risk I'm taking and therefore position myself into the market with the right size positions to suit where I'm at right now? Um, and that's what a lot of guys don't do because they let the ego take control. Mm. But what do you think happened on that third trade? I was going that to say took? the
0: third picture, the third trade. He didn't take it, and it went up like a rocket. Well,
1: actually, I saw it happen because I was I was really worried about him, and I, I was monitoring what was going on, and so I actually rang him. I said, "How are you going? How's the trading going?" And he he was quite surprised to get my call, and I said, "Did you take the trade?" And he said, "No." And so then I said, "Well, what happened?" And he said that it did really affect his psychology, and he realised that he mm. he was actually taking bigger positions than what he was really comfortable with at the time so he could have still entered the trade at that particular point in time but see that's really the point of it you know it's like we, just because the stock's going up doesn't mean that you don't enter it um, yeah. now it might have been going up for a few weeks it could there could still be an entry rule it's about how much upside there still is in the trade that whether you take woodside it or looks not, good to me, and it? what your risk is yeah woodside looks great Mm. So it's, really, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a common story yeah,
0: for that I mean, to happen. Because the thing is, it, if, let's say, because Woodside's looking really, really nice now. Let's say it keeps going up this week, goes up next week, and you're waiting for it to pull back and it goes up the week later. Yeah. So where are you going to buy it then? So well, are but, you but There's wait a couple to of back? entries
1: there already. Like mm. Just looking at the chart, I can see a number of reasons to get in all the way up mm. there. Mm. And then, like you say, if it pulls back, well, so what? I mean, it's just a matter of saying, okay, I'm going to set my stop loss. I'm in this for the long haul. This is not the the be all and end all trade. If I don't make the trade size too big, it's not going to affect me. No, but I'd, just, I'd
0: say there's probably ten to fifteen percent at least in this stock at the moment. Well, looking at it,
1: it, well, it's it's about what you're saying is upside as well as as the downside. So mm. if the stock fell away, the last trough that's here is about six or seven percent. So there again, you could decide to set. A tighter stop for instance mm. on it than a 10 to 15 percent stop loss and say well okay i'm going to get out of it if it goes below that because i think then it's not going anywhere
0: mm. yeah correct correct all right so let's keep moving on we've got one from david who's asking us about bsl so bsl is another great one it's a really it? good one so i've got to find david 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 says hi dale and janine i've just started module three of the diploma oh fantastic mate um, and have been looking at Blue, Blue Scope still, which is trending up on the monthly and weekly charts. Would appreciate your thoughts. Many thanks.
1: All right. I'm um, just trying to bring that up now.
0: There's some awesome stocks at the moment on the market. Oh, isn't look.
1: It? Yeah, look. Um, Blue I'm Scope's excited. just really weird in terms of how it's unfolded. It even gapped on the weekly chart. There wasn't actually a proper rule to get into it. Um, until some way up the move and so you might have been thinking that about this particular share as well. Now I'm not saying this is going to keep going because it may actually meet some resistance around the level that it's currently trading at now. You can see those bars they're actually getting uh, the closes are actually quite close together so it may actually be slowing down temporarily but um, bigger picture um, it's, it's a good stock to trade is what I'm saying when your rules are met but it can be a little bit tricky this particular share at times.
0: Yeah, it can be. It can be. But it's looking good at the moment, yeah? So let's move on. I've got a comment from Craig Jurd. He says, evening, darling, Janine. Looking forward to another great show. Hopefully it's been great so far, matey. Um, Just finished module one case studies. Oh, well done. Well done. Um, he I'm says needy. Yeah, well done. That's great. Already picked up new skills which helped me identify my portfolio weaknesses, which are now so obvious. So great, matey. Well done on that one. I'm glad you're picking it all up. We've got um, Eloise. Um, Hamilton who says, what do you think of PIA Um, um, and LIC, it's trading at a discount to NTA, but I think PIA, let's have a look at that.
1: Okay, so this is Pagana International Equities Limited. So this is another fund, it's a listed Mm. fund isn't it? Um, So this one here, looking at it, it looks like it might be setting up for a move higher right now. It's been in decline now what, for a, co- what's that, a couple of years now. So September 2016, it's been falling for a long time. So this gives you an indication of what can happen with these types of shares. They can be in decline for some time and it's not a buy and hold scenario, just remember that. Um, but look, this is another one that could be quite a liquid. So you really need to understand it, understand what you're investing in and what the, um, the size of this particular um, equity is, so in PIA. Uh, but I'd say if it actually took off through that prior high there, if it takes off through a dollar fourteen, if it moves up really strongly above that, it's got a reasonable chance of kicking on higher somewhere between one twenty two and a dollar thirty in the okay. shorter to medium term.
0: So let's look at now one for Brad. He's asking about BTH. He said Brad's BTH. Said, hi. Yeah, he said, Hi, hi, Dale and Janine, my new mate Shane. He obviously has been chatting with <laughs> I call Shane King Have a Chat, matey, so I'm sure you spent a lot of time on the phone with sure. him. Um, looking forward to starting your diploma course in January. Oh fantastic. So obviously um, he's taken up that special offer. What um, a good could way I have to your start. thoughts on BTH I purchased in May twenty eighteen for thirty cents?
1: All right. What a good way to start the new year to do a course and get yourself off to a good start. Now, looking at um, the stock, you can see it's really quite illiquid. So did he say 38 cents?
0: About 30 cents, he said. In 30 cents.
1: So is, you've actually got in at a reasonable level by the look May of this. May
0: 2018,
1: yep. Yeah, at a, at a reasonable level. So right now it's really strong, um, but we've had a, a week down, right? So last mm. week it actually pulled back and that broke the, the momentum of this share. Now, soon it could be... A, you'd have to see if you could get a trend line up there you may actually be able to fit a trend line up under that rise there so it it may actually soon close below that that line which would be um, quite challenging for the share to then keep mm. going up i think
0: but this is one cuz he bought it back here in may so so it's may somewhere around there April, all may it's ridden all the
1: ups and downs so
0: he's risen ridden the downs it's down by about 30% there and back up again so now he's more than doubled his money so yep. it's been been Obviously, hanging on helped you in this case, so that's great. But again, it's probably not a stock that we would suggest people trade. No, from that. it's just but too Right liquid. now, mate, just have a stop loss on it um, and make sure you protect that profit that you've got. So that would be our suggestion right now. Let's have a look at EOS for David. You now, I'll find David. David, He says, hi, Dale and Janine. If you get time, just for you, matey, we've got some time. Um, can you have a look at EOS brought at All right. as part of a share purchase plan? for six dollars sixty six more after your thoughts on how share purchase plan can affect the price of a share uh
1: look i've never really monitored that and i don't think it does like i don't know if if you've got an opinion on that i've
0: no not really there's a lot of companies that do have share purchase plans out there and i don't think it really does affect it it's nice to know um, when you have share purchase plans it's quite often it's the senior management and staff that can buy Shares into companies, that sort of stuff, and it's nice to know those people are getting shares in the company. Um, from a point of view of loyalty, that sort of stuff. But right now, I don't think it's from a point of view of the stock price. Mm. I don't think it affects it that much. But it the looks stock's all right looking at the strong.
1: It looks good. Mm. If, it, if it actually trades strongly back up about above that seven sixty, seven fifty level, uh, that'd be quite good moving forward. I'd be just watching the downside though, because if it falls away, you've always got to look at both sides of the coin. And if it falls below that 6.46 mark, then it could be in for a bit more of a decline. So um, it's a risk management um, concept to actually look at the downside, even though we're looking at the upside. Like Dale says, we're always hopeful that the share is going to rise. But then what if it falls? What will your plan be? So that's that electro-optic
0: systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um Basically, you can tell them now to subscribe to the channel because you need to hit that subscribe button. It's uh, really important, and make sure you like it because we should be wrapping up the show. But you do want to do a couple more stocks because I it's the it end should. of the year you think it should. Okay, Sandra says we'll look at a couple more. So we've got a couple. I'm glad you didn't bring the pink boxing gloves in. I tell you like <laughs> that. It's that's terrible. um We've got uh, a couple of things here. So you bring up. Can you bring up Wally? Yeah. Yep, uh, from that. And Treasury Wines. They're the two we'll bring up. Got a, one from Cherise. who says, hi, Dale and Janine and all the crew. Thank you for support and help so far. Love the course. Looking forward to continuing learning in the year. Have a wonderful festive season and be safe. Fantastic. Um, we've got uh, Aman Pratap says, can you please, Dale and Janine, have a look at Treasury Wines? The stock has had a bit of a fall lately, so we'll have a look at that one as well. All right. So we've
1: got Worley there. Uh, This is a stock I really like. Now, it's it's looking from a long-term perspective. If we go back and look at the whole history of this share, we can see here it looks like some long-term decline finished and pattern finished in 2016, which generally means that the stock is long-term bullish. Mm -hmm. So if we continue to see these current moves and they're looking really good and over into 2020, we see a move, higher above that July 2019, then this stock's likely to be really strong going forward. Mm -hmm. In saying that, you've got to expect with a stock like Wally Parsons that you are going to see some ups and downs along the way. That's just the nature of this type of share.
0: Yeah, but the areas we like for next year are materials, energy, yeah, utilities. definitely. Mm. Um, stocks like Wally Parsons, you know, obviously they work off, with, the, mining off the mining sector. Off the mining sector. You got Minor mm. works off the mining sector as well. So they're mm. the stocks that we actually like moving forward. Um, we like some of those um, things like your oil searches stocks like that. Like, also like your Blue scape Steels, your One Steels, we're liking those sorts of stocks. So have a look at those sorts of ones that have been held back a little bit the last 12 months and, and move into that. Obviously from the point of BHP and Rio and Fortescue, Fortescue's they're made a favorites. huge run all year. Mm. So Fortescue's not going to run that hard next year, so you better mm. be looking at Rio and BHP instead. Playing catch it, up. Playing catch up. So they're the things we're looking at. So they're the hot stocks. Mm. Um, we're looking at so to more to uh, stick those on your watch list and have a look and if you've got yeah. some rules. we think that get healthcare, for
1: example, it's yeah. been really bullish. So we think mm. that could actually be good, but it might mm. not not be as good as what it's been the last couple of years, mm. given how strong it's run.
0: So let's now look That's at Wally. the next one. So TWE Treasury Wine. So yeah. that is for who was that? So yeah, so yeah. okay, so we done Peter. So he was he said thanks for a wonderful show. Blah blah blah. He was one on, on Wallis. He purchased. For the first time at $14, but now Treasury Wines is for Aman. So. Okay,
1: Aman. Now, until this month, this stock looked quite good. It is meeting a bit of resistance from that all time high, and that's to be expected. Often stocks will go into a bit of a consolidation right before an all time high, as you're seeing on the monthly chart there. Looking at the weekly chart, it's a bit of a telltale sign there. You can see the last three weeks down really strongly, so this is not a stock that I would be looking at. In fact, we've Push this off our watch list, our short term watch list, and put it onto the more medium term watch list. It's still a stock we watch, uh, but it's just not one that we're going to be looking at right away, given what it's done recently. This has got a few hurdles to jump over before we'd even start looking at it again. Yeah,
0: it looks terrible for me. So yeah. from that point of view, I got a question from the last one. We'll do is from I'll find it. Sherlock, the homes Games. He said, "Great work, Dale and Janine. I've just started trading." Fantastic. And just made some money by watching your show. Isn't that nice? Well, fantastic. So hopefully we've helped a lot more people than you help um, make some money um, just from some of the things we're talking about here and more about how you manage your trading. Um, He goes, can you share your thoughts on COE? So that's the last one we're going to do for 2019. Wow.
1: COE, Mm. Cooper Energy. This is a smaller stock. Mm. Looking at it, uh, I'm just going to put the volume on there. We haven't actually shown much volume, have we? No. So let's see if we can bring up some volume. Now, you can see there, looking at it, we've got about, what's that, 17 million a week? Yeah, and we're talking at um, 60 cents, 62 cents. So it's a small, the smaller end of the scale, it's still okay for okay. an individual, but mm. it's right down on that bottom end of the of the scale there. And looking at it now, it's, it's actually recovered, which is quite amazing. Mm. So it took out that low in October 2019, and it's actually rebounded. So look, I mean, if I was in it, then I would be holding it to see where it goes. I'd particularly watch what it does at the end of the next week or the following week to see whether this run continues. Because if we get another um, mm. nice strong week up, that would be really good for this stock. If it actually slows down, well, then I won't be as you know as, as bullish on it. But if it does actually keep going um, next week, then could be good for Cooper Energy.
0: Yeah. So to me, it's just maybe just make sure you got a stop loss on it. Make sure you. Practice proper money management skills. Hopefully you keep making money, which will be fantastic. And then one day, you know, Janine and I couldn't earn your right to mentor you um if you go and decide to do our diploma course. So but uh right now, it really is the end of the show for for well, us. That's tonight. Sad, isn't it?
1: 2019 it's, I know. it's really coming to a
0: close. My goodness. <laughs> it is, and I've had to wear this silly hat all show, so which is fantastic. <laughs> Mine's becoming a bit itchy. No wonder. Um, I don't have as much hair as you. Did you wear this for me? Probably. (laughs) Um, I did from that video that we had with the special offer. I wore that one. Um, But okay. Um, (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and thank you for participating. Also, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for all of your support this year this is our first year doing these live streams we um, from our first show that we did in the first week of march of this year we've really come a long way and uh, i must say we have a long way to go to get our goals for this show i mean last week i spent two days in the studio with my my brother and we we're building more of the set. not that you can see that tonight but we we're doing a lot more work and i've got the band-aid to prove it yes i have all my fingers and toes um, and I feel
1: like I'm sitting in front of a Mack truck at the moment with the headlights on. Yeah, we've got
0: some more <laughs> lights. We've got we bought a whole lot more gear. We're buying some more. I think gear. it makes your makeup look good. It does more well, my makeup. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've got some more gear coming um, for January. We've got a whole lot of things happening, so it's it's going to be a lot more expanded show next I year. I can't
1: wait to start talking about the the top stocks again early mm. in January. Are we going to do that January February?
0: Absolutely, we're going to do it in January the top mm. stocks for 2020. Mm. So it's moving, moving right along.
1: If you could, you'd like to see the show continue to grow. Then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues. And I'd have to say that some of you have done that, and thank you very much for doing that. I've heard back from people that told me that they've actually heard about us from a friend. So oh, next year we'll have some more surprises in store for you. Uh, to enhance and expand what we're doing. That said, we can only do that with your help, as we do need to see subscribers and viewers increase before implementing some of these changes. So get behind us,
0: please. Yeah, well, everybody, this is our last show for 2019, with Janine and I taking a short break over Christmas and New Year's. I'm actually going away to Canberra to see my mother-in-law with my family. So that's pretty good. So I'm not sure what you're doing.
1: Um, I think I'm working. Oh, good. <laughs> so make sure that you put this show into your calendar. I think I made an appointment for Monday. The, what was it, the 23rd? Oh, you did. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> um, and Nancy, I still have to catch up with Nancy as well. Dale and I will be back here on uh, YouTube Live on Tuesday, January the 14th at 7pm. Remember, we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line.
0: Well, that does bring us to the end of the show and the end of the year for us. And again, we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we have, bringing it to you all year. And as always, thank you for joining us this year as we launch this new show, uh, this new show, and we hope to see you again next year when we start up in January. For now, we wish you and your family a happy, safe and enjoyable Christmas and holiday season. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading.
1: And just remember, make 2020 a great year for yourself. Do something different.